Welcome, welcome, welcome to Purifying Truths with A-Star. Thank you so much for tuning in this Saturday. I know there's so many other things you could be doing, but today we have a treat for you. You will not be sorry that you tuned in to Purifying Truths today. We have Miss Rachel Greenwell. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Rachel, she is a life coach and a spiritual coach. She is the owner slash CEO of I Am Rock L. We'll get into that in a little bit. And yes, people, she also is a author. The name of her book is How to Wear a Crown. Let that sink in. How to Wear a Crown. I believe we all have one. Welcome to Purifying Truths, Rachel. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for letting me be on your show. Oh, it is a pleasure. Super excited to have you on. And I know that what you bring to the those around you and your community is going to be portrayed to take on this show and affect many. So let's just jump right into it. Let's see. How do you propose that we wear our crown? Well, wearing a crown is broken down into what I like to call the four roles of royalty. And that's how it was channeled and like came through to me when I always say that, you know, I didn't write this book that God gave me this book. Um, it was a gift to me that I, you know, got to do. Um, and it was separated into those four categories where you speak to yourself like royalty, you treat yourself like royalty, you carry yourself like royalty, and you honor yourself like royalty. And that's the, the four rules of royalty to wearing a crown. Amazing. I love it. Speak to yourself. Don't wait for others to validate you. Mm. Treat yourself. Don't mm. wait to be treated. Yes. Yourself. You don't need anybody to carry you. And of course, honor yourself. Those right there are principles to live by. I tell you, you're opening up with a bang. Goodness, <laughs> Rachel, you are loaded. Let's keep going. Self-worth and self-love. You hear that now just kind of thrown around, cliche. Um, it's so nonchalant now as people use it. But tell me, it's a little deeper than, you know, the latest term. What does it mean to you? Yeah, I think um, I think what what got me um, raising an eyebrow, I think, was you know I needed to learn this stuff so bad myself. I needed self love and I needed self worth, and I didn't fully understand what those things really were, what they really meant. All I knew is that the people in the in the self help community, leaders, and and people that I followed said that the that I needed to do it. <laughs> you need to love. Mm -hmm. Or you need to love yourself more. And I'm like, okay, so I need you to like step by step, like tell me how to do this. And I couldn't find that anywhere. And I think that it's something that people know is needed, but they really don't know what it looks like because we don't have a lot of great examples of what it looks like to love yourself. And uh -huh. that it's hard to describe um, when you do because it's so much of this inner work and this spiritual work that is intangible, you know, it is hard to put it in into words and into actionable steps. Um, but what it means to me is it's the thing that makes me want to live life. Um, because I, I talk about very openly that, you know, 
I struggled with suicidal ideation for a long time and I hated myself. I absolutely hated myself. So for me, you know, it wasn't something that I was born or that I was raised up knowing how to do very well. And, and I think it's like that for a lot of people where it's something that's passed down in their lineages and they didn't have an example of what it looks like. So it, it doesn't come naturally to them. Um, but it, it's the thing that makes me want to live. Um, and it's the thing that makes it easier to get through all of the, the things that we have to go through in life. Life isn't easy. Um, but if you can be your own biggest support system, you know, coach your th- yourself through every mo- moment of the day, then it makes it um, possible to live life in, in a really great way. And it is the thing that makes me feel like I deserve um, all of the things that the desires that God puts on my heart and all of the, the potential, you know, that made me want to go after like my fullest potential, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. It makes sense. And, you know, you touched on something very powerful, Rachel, when you say that, you know, it's not something that's basically instinct, you know, many of us don't have that role model that we actually have to be taught to love ourselves. We're taught to be nice and to love others. But many times we're taught to be selfless and that leads to lack of self-love and also lack of self-worth. So I certainly appreciate the work that you're doing and actually teaching us how to love ourselves. I know as I look on social media or hear on the radio or see on TV, um, love equals things, which is such a lie. You know, you can have everything under the sun and still not experience love. So please tell us, why is self-love so important? Why should we take time for that? Well, I think it's important because inevitably it makes us even more capable of loving other people. Like you, you saw, you talked to this concept of that we get taught to be selfless, you know, and to put other people before ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, but really what happens is we get, we just get so spiritually drained. And, and I think we're, you know, where I believe that it is possible for us to love somebody else more than we love ourselves. We still can't really give that person any more than we're capable of giving ourselves. So like what I have what I can give myself makes me capable of being able to give somebody else even more because I'm filling myself up with those things first. So then I actually have it. Right. So like mm-hmm. if I'm giving myself positive self-talk all day long and I'm speaking to myself, like I'm something that's worth speaking to, right. Something Royal, then I'll catch myself speaking to other human beings like that. When somebody's going through a hard time, I'm not like, well, you just need to get over it. You know, I'm like, look, it's okay to be upset. It's okay to, you know, have emotions. You're human. It's okay. Because I've been saying those things to myself all day long. So it's not hard for me to say something to somebody else with compassion because I've been giving that to me all day long. You know what I mean? So I think it makes us better human beings um, for not just ourselves so that we can feel better, but for each other. And then therefore, like, it ripples out and just creates like a happier, more peaceful world to live in. So I think that we can ultimately create more peace by way of self-love. Wow. It starts at home. You know, um, certainly we have to have something to pour out. Uh, that makes complete and total sense. You know, you have to be full in order to pour out or you're right. You will be drained, which leads to so many 
other um, problems and issues. And I love the way how you said basically that compassion is key. You know, many times we can say the right things to others, but we have that stinking thinking when we talk to ourselves. So explain a little bit how self-worth is important and how it affects how you talk to yourself. So the difference, you know, in not having self-worth and having self-worth is the belief systems that you have about yourself. So it really isn't, you know, having self-worth, you know, the, the, the self-talk and the self-treatment, you know, those are the ways that we learn to get there. But the self-worth is when you've done those actions so much, repeated them, made it such a habit in your life that you change the belief systems that you have about yourself. So if I believe that, like I talk about in my book, that my first belief system that I ever caught um, that I had about myself that was negative was that I was stupid. And I caught myself saying that to myself. And, and sometimes it's so unconscious, we don't even realize that we're doing this. Um, hmm. we, we think these things about ourselves that are negative, and it's so deep. And we've, we've, know, we've thought this about ourselves for, for so long, or we learned it when we were such a young child, that it's so deep in us that we don't even know that this is what's going on in our own minds anymore. Um, and so I, it's something that we have to uncover and kind of catch like that. So I caught that belief system that I was stupid. And I remember kind of gasping and being like, oh, my goodness. Wow, I really believe that. And then so I had to do the work and doing the work is the speaking to yourself better. You know, in those moments where I would normally have that shameful feeling of that I was stupid, right? Which like for me is like, if it's time to have to do math, like <laughs> I'll quickly be like, oh crap, mm. uh, because I'm not great at math. That's not my forte, you know, or in some other situations, right? Like there's things that might bring about that shame, trigger moments, if you will, right? That'll mm -hmm. bring about that shameful feeling. And it's in those moments when you have to counteract that shameful belief system and say, no, you know what? I'm not stupid. Um, math just isn't my thing. Right. And I'm intelligent in many, 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 many areas of my life. And just because I'm not good at one thing doesn't mean that I'm stupid. It means that I'm human. Right. So that's kind of what that work looks like. And then after you do that every single time, it creates that habit and eventually you'll change that belief system. So now today, I don't believe that I'm stupid. I believe that I'm a very intelligent person, but it was from me doing the work in each and every moment where that shameful belief was popping up inside of me that I was mm -hmm. able to change it. Right. So that's what self-worth looks like when you can actually change the negative belief systems to positive belief systems. What an eye opener, you know, so many of us, um, have those belief systems and like you said some even unconscious and the way that you were able to reveal um by doing your self-reflection and your self-work to be able to change that is just phenomenal so you told us a little bit a uh, little here and little there about your past but i want to go a little deeper rachel please tell us about how you were depressed and suicidal because now you know it looks as though that could never be you. Right. Take us down that road, please. Okay, so um, it began with, I think my childhood was a bit unstable. I moved a lot. Um, so I kind of wasn't able to get um, deep connections to friends or lasting connections to people. So I just kind of felt a little alone, a little isolated. 
um, and a little different because I was homeschooled as well. So that's part of my story was I didn't start public school as early as other other kids that I went to high school with. I, I did eventually go to public school, but um, I always felt a little outcasted and a little different. And mm-hmm. those those feelings um, are harmful. And and then um, you know you just get taught things over the years. Um, by your peers and things like that. That's a, it's a difficult time period growing up in our society where people will tell you things and you'll believe them. Right. Um, and so self-worth gets affected by a lot of things. You get things happen to you and then you do things right. So you make, make mistakes and you weren't taught to how to appropriately handle what it looks like to make a mistake. Um, And if you don't learn to just apologize, make an amends and forgive yourself for that and let it go, then you can carry the weight of that mistake for a very long time. And I didn't know how to do those processes. So mistakes that I made since I was a child just kind of built up and built up and built up and built up. And I think that really causes a lot of depression when we don't know how to appropriately deal with what, when we make our own mistakes. Um, and then also things can happen to you. Like I experienced a lot of traumas and things like that, that um, you think that there's something wrong with you um, because something bad happened to you and you fell victim to a bad circumstance, right? So there was a combination of those sort of things and developed mental illnesses such as anxiety and depression due to situations like that. But I've been able to eliminate them thanks to the practices that I teach about in my book, which is amazing. Um, but, you know, and then I think untreated mental illness, untreated, um, unhealed trauma results in the kind of stuff that I experienced, such as addiction. So I did fall, fall into, um, a long period of time where I was very addicted to substances and a lot of things like that. Well, you know, it's sort of taboo to speak about, um, self-love and self-forgiveness and self-worth, you know, um, Many times that's considered arrogant mm-hmm. or you're so self-involved. So I love the way that you're so down to earth, but yet, you know, you're still practicing these things and your proof that they work. You didn't go study it and, and write it down. You know, it's actually your life and mm-hmm. that you have been through it and you have proven that it works. Now, what happened? that inspired you to turn your life around from that downward path you were on? Well, I had a spiritual awakening that resulted in my desire to enter recovery. Um, When I talk about a spiritual awakening, it just basically means that I had a sudden and intense knowing of a lot of information that I, there was really no practical reason why I should know all these things all of a sudden. And the things that I suddenly knew um, came as visions where I was shown like multiple pathways of different of all the different options of how my life could go based upon the choices that I was making. It was like, Hey, Rachel, here's where you're headed. Um, Not great places, right? You'll probably die. You could end up even more traumatized than you are now. You would write like all of these awful things. And then it was like, you could do this too, which would, you'd get there, but it'd be a little longer. You know, it was just kind of shown all these multiple pathways. And then there was this one path where it was like, if you get, if you quit doing drugs, if you dive into healing, if you do this, if you do that and you follow everything that I say, you know, um, 
you'll use everything that's ever happened to you for good. And you'll take, teach it to everybody in the world. And I was like, whoa, you know? So of course I was was scared. I think of the responsibility of that and the weight of that. And it seemed really big. And I was like, who am I, you know, to do anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also really wanted to, to be obedient to God and to, if that was what my potential was, then I wanted to live up to that. And I felt like I owed, you know, like I owed that to the world um, to manifest these things into reality. So, so I, I listened and I, and I got better and I focused on myself and I dove into healing and um, that was what inspired me. And of course my family, you know, seeing my family in pain and um, being in a lot of pain, pain's Uh a good good motivator. (laughs) Yes, I'm so glad that you did not become numb, as I see many um, doing to the pain and just live with it. I'm glad that you had that awakening, as you call it. Now, you say that you had visions and you talk about spirituality. Um, Tell me, what is the difference between spirituality versus religion, according to Rachel? Um, I think it's I think it's just that religion is the practices and spirituality is the result or the feeling like um a religion is is more of like a doctrine or a set of rules or you know what it looks like and how you play out your spirituality in your life um it's something that's pre-written something that you know you can kind of um organize in a way and then Mm -hmm. the spirituality is is really personal you know um, it's what happens on the inside. It's it's the it's the actual walk and how it shows up in your life. I think, and I think you can have one or the other or a combination of of both spirituality and religion. I think you can play with multiple religions. I mean, I think the possibilities now that I've had a spiritual awakening are just so limitless and endless. Um, and I was raised Baptist Christian and I love, you know, like the Bible and um, Christianity. I think it's, you know, it's like my roots, you know, I'll always love mm-hmm. it. But um, my beliefs have so expanded um, from having a spiritual awakening in the way that I did. And I think it was, it's a very similar um, situation to like what you hear people talk about in like near death experiences. A lot of mm-hmm. the things that happen in my experience, um, and so it was really eye-opening, and it's just, I realize now that um, there's no wrong way to love God. And there's no wrong way to um, expand and grow in your knowing of what God is. I love the way you put that into perspective, that, you know, it's not one religion um, that you have to, per se, um, do these rituals in order to have spiritual guidance. Um, Just wanted to make sure that that was known um, because I too agree that there's a difference between religion and spirituality. Even um, as you say, I think you said Baptist, you know, whether you're Baptist or or Pentecostal or Catholic, um, whatever the religion is, I believe that still you can have um, an in-depth spiritual experience as well. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, you've done all of this and now you're inspiring others. Explain how that feels, you knowing you, knowing where you come from and knowing how many you're helping and you're actually coaching them to be able to um, do their work. Mm. It feels like, gosh, unexplainable. It's It's the best feeling in the world to know that there is a purpose to your pain. It's the best feeling in the world um, to see the light come on in somebody's eyes. Mm-hmm. We thought that they would live in darkness forever. It is the, I feel hopeful when I'm in that space of helping other people. Um, I feel grateful, honored, uh, humbled. It, I feel almost high like it's it really is the most amazing feeling and it energizes me and it makes me feel like um, I'm just living my purpose like there's just really nothing better in the world than that you know I just can only imagine I can just imagine how wonderful it feels because you know it feels good when you can you know pay it forward at the grocery store so I can imagine you know how that is um exaggerated when you're helping numerous numerous of people so I um I know you have a book you know and um tell me did you write the book during your journey or after your journey, and what inspired you to actually put it on paper? Um, a little bit of both. I I had been in, on a healing journey for five years when the book came to me. I uh, I remember being in the park. I was coaching somebody in the park. I would normally take people like on walks when we go, when we coach and do sessions. And so we were walking and I remember saying like some of the the tools that I teach in the book, I was like teaching some of those things to this person. And while I was teaching them, I thought I was just teaching this to this other person. Then I was just teaching this to this other person. I felt like I was on repeat teaching the same thing to every single person that came to me. And what was funny though, was that every person that I was coaching at the time were all had different issues. Like one person mm-hmm. me for anxiety, a different person for depression, another person for addiction, another for divorce. Like everybody was coming for different things, yet I was teaching all of them the same thing. And I thought, well, that's a strange connection, right? That all of these people with all these different circumstances needed the same thing. And the self-love piece had been, you know, what I found to be the core issue for me that helped me kind of heal all of the other stuff and then it was helping all the other people heal all of their stuff and so I was like okay god like I see that this is big I see that this is very important and that all of the people are needing this and and but what happened was I I almost had like this deep sadness um after that person had left and I was kind of just continued to walk through the park and I was so sad because I realized I could coach multiple people a day, one-on-one, every single day of every week of every month for all the years of my entire life, 
and never be able to help all of the people that have this issue. Mm. What I saw was it was like almost everybody in our entire society, all different ages, all different genders, all different um, illnesses, all different everything, all needed this. And I was like, oh, it's impossible. I'll never be able to help all those people. And then I was like, oh, wow, unless like I did this thing bigger, you know, Mm -hmm. I remember realizing that I had to do this, you know, package this in some way that was bigger. And so I had that conversation with God about, okay, if there's a way to do this on a bigger scale to help all the people, I'm up for that challenge, you know. And then it was like two weeks later that I was, I had actually gotten fired from the mental health organization that I was at for budget cuts. And I was on unemployment insurance, like at my apartment, not knowing what I was going to do with my life (laughs) and super scared. And all of a sudden I saw like the cover to the book in my head. And then the words just started coming into my consciousness of what the introduction was like, hi, my name is Rachel and I wear a crown, Um, but not a literal crown except on the cover of this book and, uh, you know, I just kept writing and writing. I've just scrambled and jumped from my computer and began to write um, and say the things that were coming into my head. And then I, I channeled like the outline to it, the four roles uh-huh. came. And then I jotted down like a ton of bullet points about what each one of those sections would contain. And then, um, and then I heard that I was going to write the um, rough draft in 16 days. And then that I would publish in 16 weeks. So it was 16 and 16. You'll finish the rough draft in 16 days and you'll publish in 16 weeks. And I was like, huh, (laughs) how is that going to happen? But it did. (laughs) Published in 16 from that date on November 11th, 2019. Wow. Well, so glad that you um, came to that awakening and that you were obedient to the voice that you heard and that you published because not only with what you're doing as far as a life coach, but that it's there for us to go pick up. You know, we don't have to um, wait for a certain schedule or, you know, be in your actual location. We can actually get the message through your book. And that is powerful. And you are affecting so many. Now, Rachel, I just love the fact that you have such a big, compassionate heart. And I believe you have the gift of helps. I know if I were listening in, I'd want to connect with you. So please tell the audience, how can they connect with you? Well, I would love to hear from every single person that wants to connect with me. Uh, You can find more about me at www.iamrockhell.com. So it's I-A-M-R-O-C-K-L.com. And then you can find me on all the social medias at iamrockhell.com. Um, you can call 502-381-5208 and you can email support at com. So there's tons of ways you can just Google it. And if you want the book, then you can go, um, it's on Amazon. You can just look up how to wear a crown book and you'll see the book cover. And it's, but it's how to wear a crown, a practical guide to knowing your worth. So that's how you'll know it's the one. And just amazing you know when you look at the reviews 
there's no way you won't want to buy the book after hearing <laughs> Rachel speak and you look at the reviews, you know, these reviews are real people and I haven't wrote mine yet, Rachel, but trust and believe it is on the way because <laughs> I'm almost done. I'm almost done. And I suggest that everyone go out, get the book, you know, connect with Rachel. She's good people. Thank you so much, Rachel, for giving us moments of your time. We certainly appreciate you being a guest here on Purifying Truths. I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much for allowing me the space. Absolutely. And thank you for tuning in to Purifying Truths with A Star. Tune in every Saturday at 9 and noon for exciting new deaths illuminate the world in the various facets of life. You can connect with A Star on Facebook and Instagram. Also, website www.facetsofastar. Shine bright.